0: Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast, and if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about toxic environmental dangers, advancements in stem cell technology, and hidden codes that may be contained inside the Bible. Head on over to com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening.
1: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio.
0: And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Garrett Graff with this, and his book is called Raven Rock. By the way, this is uh, over 500 pages. It may be the heaviest book, Garrett, I've ever held.
1: <laughs> well, you know, if you get enough of them, you can help build some bunker walls. With yeah,
0: them. you sure can. You sure can. You know, we're talking about being the last man standing. What kind of a planet would we have if everything's annihilated and there are some humans alive, but so what, right?
1: Well, so this was sort of part of what was interesting to to me in the course of this, was understanding actually how even in the truly worst-case scenarios, just how many Americans would actually survive an initial nuclear attack and this was a big part of the government's planning through the Cold War, was coming to understand that even you know a full-scale nuclear war would still leave 60, 80, 100 million Americans alive after that initial attack. And so how do you begin to build a government structure that ensures their safety and security as best as you can? And this was, uh, you know, obviously there would be all sorts of problems with nuclear winter and fallout afterwards, but there were a large number of Americans who would be expected to survive an initial attack, um, particularly in more rural parts of the country. And this was part of the planning where each federal agency had its own role that it was supposed to step into after a nuclear attack. So the post office, was the agency that was going to be in charge of registering the dead and figuring out who's still alive in the United States. And then the refugee camps were actually going to be set up in national parks because the idea was that national parks weren't going to be targeted, and so they would be left untouched. And, you know, so sorry that Los Angeles is destroyed, but here, come join us in bucolic Yosemite where the refugee camps will be set up.
0: And, you know, I, I was thinking we might have a world of a small region. Maybe Wichita survives, and they have power and things like that, but everything else it might be gone, right?
1: Yeah, very much so. And the, this was a big part of the government planning also. Um, they had, uh, you know, the part of the plans were that, you know, the federal government would actually devolve uh, to a certain extent into regional governments. Around the country, and that the FEMA built these nine regional bunkers around the country um, in places like uh, Massachusetts, Texas, Georgia, Colorado, um, and that the sort of most of the government would be run from these bunkers uh, on just a regional basis, with the expectation that it would be very hard to have any sort of semblance of national leadership but that you would be able to have sort of regional governments, you know, for several hundred miles surrounding a given area.
0: Our Trident submarines are the great deterrent. You know that.
1: Absolutely. And and much of these plans and some of the wackiest parts of these plans were in fact built to ensure the nation's ongoing communication with these nuclear submarines. Um, you know, there were all sorts of... Uh, airborne command posts, uh, flying planes that would have helped ensure command and control of the nuclear submarines. But then there was also uh, sort of these weird, wacky plans through the Cold War to build these massive, low-frequency, ultra-low-frequency radio stations across the country, including the largest radio station in the world, which was going to take up about 10% of the total landmass of Michigan and Wisconsin wow, and was going to be able to ensure that messages could still get through, launch orders could still get through to those submarines. Um, and then there was a separate set of uh, what was known as Project ERPS, the Emergency Radio Command System that were actually uh, ICBMs in Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri that were secret uh, communication ICBMs that basically just had a radio transmitter in the nose of the ICBM rather than a nuclear bomb, and that these, uh, these missile missileers in uh, Missouri would literally just record basically a voicemail onto these radio transmitters, launch these missiles, and then the missiles would fly to every corner of the world, broadcasting their launch orders Jeez. to submarines.
0: Let's take some calls here for you, Garrett. Let's go to uh, Anonymous, east of the Rockies, from some anom- anonymous place. Uh, welcome to the program. Go ahead.
2: Hello, George. How are you doing today?
0: Great, sir. Thank you. Uh, and I've, I've been p-
2: listening to your conversation. I... I delivered twice a week to, uh, well, we refer to it as Site R, which is Raven Rock. Yes, and, fascinating. Uh, I, I delivered um, two loads of boiler cleaner every week, full truck loads.
0: Boiler cleaner?
2: Say, what's that?
0: Did you say boiler cleaner?
2: Yes. But my bills were unmarked. They were in a, uh, a yellow envelope. I was not allowed to placard or the trailer. I was not allowed to stop. I was not allowed to take any electronic equipment in. I, um, I wore VitFit in one time, Vitbit, and they took it away and smashed it because it has a GPS unit on it. Jeez.
0: Yep. Um,
2: the, I was not allowed to uh, I was actually um, I, I backed into the mountain. there's there's like tunnels like you uh, round semicircular tunnels that I could back my fifty-three foot tractor trailer into, I'd stop, and then the, the tunnel would go to the to the left. We were I was allowed to go back and eat lunch at the lunch facility there. I was actually inside the building and you are correct. It does go up approximately you, you, you can't even tell that you're inside a mountain, to be honest with you. And uh it, it was um it was just like an office building inside there.
0: How lit up is it? What's that? How lit up is it?
2: Very lit. It was um it was it was like like you were just um you know just a typical office building. You had you had your um, as soon as you walked in, you had your your round lights that would uh that would shine down on you, you know. It was you weren't you weren't uh, deprived of light in any way shape or form. You would walk into the lunchroom. The lunchroom was fairly huge. Um, it was all like um uh, the the fluorescent light bulbing, so you were it was it was lit up very well. Uh, the I was surprised at the quality of food. I mean, you ate like a king there. I would had steak and whatever I wanted. I was there all day for uh, for the last twelve years, like twice a week.
0: Were and there were there I mean, many people down there?
2: There, there well, I, I never actually. When you say down, I never actually left the first floor. Okay. This was all at ground level, but underneath the mountain, if you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The mountain the mountain is on top of you, but I never actually did, declined in, into the mountain. I walked straight back into it about 50 yards. The tunnel was about 50 yards. There was two huge doors at either end of the tunnel, one at the far end where I would back into, and then one at the end where I would enter the, the site. Which was, uh, and then I'd walk up like a, a set of stairs, and then I'd be on the complex itself, and there would be like a group of office buildings to the right, and I'd walk down the hall about approximately 25 feet, and onto the onto the right there was the lunch room.
0: What about that's people the though? Other, no. uh,
2: the pe well, that that's funny you say that. I'm I I was I was uh, escorted into the place by by three armed guards, two. And the truck in front of me driving back to the door that I would I would back into, one in the passenger seat. The passenger the passenger seat guy never left my side ever, and he was he was armed. Hmm. Now we went in we went into the lunchroom, and I, I was going there approximately two years when this happened. A, a fellow came over and sat down, just talked some idle idle chat to me, you know. Like how's it going, you know, this and that. Yeah. But nothing nothing out of the ordinary would make me would make me alarmed. Well on the way out, the fellow with the, the that I was with, he was always my guard. He bent down and whispered in my ear, he likes you. And then that was all he said. Well about a year later I was at a wrestling match with my son wrestles in a town called Waynesboro, which is right over the mountain from there. Yep. Yep. I see this fellow there. And he's he's about twenty five feet away from me. I just like wave at him. I just you know I recognize him. He stopped, stares, turns around, and walks away. Oh. I never seen him. I never seen him again.
0: And do you think he recognized you? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I know he did because it was it was more than more than once that we ate lunch together.
0: Based on and... going there a couple times a week for a number of years, what did you think? It was. Did you have an impression of what you were doing and and what this facility was all about?
2: I think I think this facility was, um, like top level office buildings.
0: But did you top did you le- think it was some kind of secret government project or anything oh, like absolutely. that? Absolutely. Oh, you did. Okay.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything they what you weren't. We really didn't talk much because everything was, mu- everything was, you know, uh, for, for, you know, everything was recorded. Yeah,
0: you everything delivered your stuff and you basically left.
2: Yep, but it would take all day because they would not, they didn't have a dock. I backed into the building. I backed in. Now, what was uh, another thing? You could, you could drive right. On, uh, on Route 16 which is the route that goes right in front of Raven Rock site R and you can't tell that place is there and I'll tell you why that the the, the road that I drove on is on an incline while there the, it's the road the the, the the ground that's in front of it goes up in an angle to where it looks like when you're on route 16 you're just looking at a regular mountain that's it's hidden in plain sight. It, you can't even tell it's there.
0: Jeez. And I'm, I'm
2: I'm driving in, and when I would back into the door, I would I would actually go up on on like a steep hill, and then back into the door, and to where I, they they couldn't even see me. I would come in off a road called Harball Road, which is um, which is right across the road from Jacks Mountain. If you want to uh, verify my.
0: My oh, story. I believe you, and Garrett. Do you have a, a question for him before we let him go?
2: Uh,
1: the, well, yeah, my, was... my my, my question my
2: question is, and there was there was several there was several times that I went there because it was it wasn't the it wasn't the military police; it was Pentagon police that would that would be uh, the the security force there. They stated that Dick Cheney was in the
1: in the facility that day. I never seen Dick Cheney. Oh, interesting.
0: What's that? Interesting. I wonder if he was touring it or if they had him down there hiding him for some reason.
1: Well, so this was where Dick Cheney and many government officials went uh, in the wake of 9-11. Um, you know this that facility Raven Rock. Was, let's
0: let's ask him real quickly. Uh, was this around nine eleven when this occurred? Uh, two thousand one, two
2: thousand two to uh, two thousand fourteen.
0: Ah, I mean, I mean, as far as when Cheney was there.
2: Um, I would say February two thousand two was the first time that I
0: that All I was right. present. I'm wondering, Garrett, if we got reports of some kind of uh, scare or threat, and they moved him down there. Yeah.
1: So he, if you remember, sort of in the wake of 9/11, Dick Cheney sort of disappeared from public view for many months.
0: Oh, well, that's where he was then.
1: And he went to, you know, what we referred to then was undisclosed locations, and that undisclosed location for much of that time. Was the was Raven Rock in Camp David? in that general area. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.